You weren't designed to finish alone. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1 is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. And um, it's a chapter of transition. It's a, a chapter that contains death, but also contains life. The title of my message tonight is simply pass it on. Pass it on. I've determined in life you've you got two options. You can either pass it by or you can pass it on. And I don't want us to pass by, just simply pass by what God wants to do. But when, when you get into a mentality that I am connecting what's old with what's new, and this is a transitional month. That's what December is all about is we're moving into a new year, moving into a new phase. I said this on Sunday that, you know, God doesn't operate by the 365-day calendar that you and I operate. Sometimes we have this idea that January 1, God's flipping his calendar in heaven like we are, and that's just not necessarily the case. Uh, You know, so for us to just have this mentality that it's a new year, so God's new and a new thing, that's not always the situation. But for us, it's a, a marker in our lives. Amen? That there's something that God wanted to do in our lives this past year. And there's something that God wants to do in our lives in the next year. And so it's simply a marker. January 1 is a marker for your life. And so, you know, with this being a time where we're winding down one thing and moving into the next thing, um, I just wanted to encourage us tonight with this in Joshua chapter 1. And uh, so starting with verse 1, let's just start there. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. So he starts out with the end of one thing. Amen? He starts out with the end of one thing. Now, Moses was a mighty man of God. Moses uh, was, you know, most of us know the stories of Moses and what his life encountered and and what he did with his life. He was uh, a Hebrew on the inside, but he was living as an Egyptian on the outside. And uh, he eventually finds out who he really is. How many of you know that your identity is key to you doing what God's called you to do? Amen. Many of us don't ever fully walk into what God has for us because we never find out who we really are. And so I would encourage you this next year and, you know, starting now, get clued into who God has called you to be. I was just actually talking uh, with a pastor friend of mine. Uh, he pastors here in Georgia, and um, uh, we text back and forth every now and then, and, and he just shot me this text that was just kind of random. He said, do you believe that God needs you? Do you believe that God needs you? Like as in he can't get it done without you. Uh, you know, because I guess he's been kind of hearing this from some churches around him and from some people around him and those type of things. And um, I said, yeah, I I believe I do. I believe Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 clearly says that God gave man authority in the earth. Now, the thing about God is, you know, God is sovereign. And we love that term, God is sovereign and God is in control, right? We, We throw out those terms a lot. But there's one thing that God is in control of that he can never go back on. And that's his word. And so if he gives man dominion in Genesis chapter 126 and then relinquishes it or takes it back, he's broken his word. And if he breaks one word, he could break them all. And his word is the very foundation of what we 
base our faith and our Christianity and our lives upon in the kingdom of God. And so God is a man that he cannot lie. And so when he gave man authority over the earth, he therefore relinquished the ability to do anything in the earth without using man. So not only does he want you, and not only does he have a plan for you, but his plan is so that he needs you to accomplish his purpose in this realm. When he needed someone to part the Red Sea, he found Moses. When he needed someone to kill a giant, he found David. When he needed someone to save man from their sins, now we're stuck. Because only God can save man from their sins. But only God can't save man from their sins. He can't just come down here and intervene in the earth without using you and I. So he's got to find a way to put himself in flesh. Man is defined as a spirit, a soul, and a body. God is spirit. John chapter 4, verse 24. My father is spirit, and we worship him in spirit and in truth. So he's spirit. He does not qualify as man. He does not qualify as spirit, soul, and body. So yes, God needs you and I. And he found a way to get himself into flesh through the virgin birth that we celebrate this time of year. And hallelujah, we have been redeemed from our sins. Amen. And so going back to that, uh, your identity is very important. You've got to know who you are in Christ. You've got to know the authority and the power that you contain as a believer and as a citizen in the kingdom of God. Just like you and I have rights and privileges uh, with being a citizen in the United States of America. I mean, if you go over to another country and they try to accuse you of something, you say, Whoa, hold on a minute. I'm a United States citizen. You've got to do some background work first. You can't just start doing all... You know, whatever you want. So when the enemy from another territory starts coming against you spiritually, you say, whoa, you, hold on a minute. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God, right? I've got some rights and privileges. to." Do. When the devil comes in and says, you can't, you can't receive your healing, you say, whoa, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. I have a right to be healed. I have the privilege and the authority to be healed. Amen. So we've got to know our identity. And so... You know, Moses, you know, once he finally figured out who he was, he began to get on the right side of his purpose. And he was running away from his purpose. Forty years he spent in Egypt. Forty years he uh, spent running away from it. And then God shows up with the burning bush, sends him back into Egypt, and he ends up delivering the Israelites out of the Egyptians' hands. And to do what? To go into the promised land that was spoken thousands of years before Moses to a man named Abraham. Okay? And so here we are at a transitional period. Moses is gone. Now, how many of you know that just because one thing dies doesn't mean God is done? See, a lot of times we, we picture, we, we parallel death with finish. It's over. And God never stops with the death of one thing without bringing life to another thing. And so now he's raising up a man named Joshua. And after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke 
to Joshua. I wonder what the Lord is speaking to you about the next phase or next season or the next direction that he wants to take your life in. The next places, the next purpose that he wants to unveil for you. So he speaks to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Period. End of conversation. When God's ready to move on, he's ready to move on. <laughs> you know, he's not drawing this thing out. He's, he's not, you know, let's, let's take a few days and just reminisce. What, man, you remember that day we came out of Egypt? Remember that day we crossed the Red Sea? Man, that was so awesome. What an awesome. I mean, he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. And a pastor a few years ago at a conference we were at pointed this out, you know, because Moses did a lot. And all that God has to say is, Moses, my servant, is dead, period. End of discussion. He's on to the next thing. So, you know, where, where does Moses get his glory? Where does Moses get his thing? And, and, and God spoke to this pastor and he says, the word servant was the highest title I could give to Moses. Moses, my servant, the fact that he served, the fact that he gave himself to the purpose that I had for him and sold out to that and served me, that's the highest honor I could give him. That's higher than guy that parted the Red Sea, guy that, you know, got water to come out of a rock, guy that got manna to show up on the ground. A guy that delivered uh, the Israelites from over 400 years of Egyptian slavery. Four generations of slavery. That the, the highest title and the highest honor I could give him is Moses, my servant. It's, it, it's one thing to serve God. It's, it, it's, it's something else to serve God. When we're all done with whatever God's called us to do, and you stand before him, he's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. He's not going to say, well done, thou good and faithful pastor. He's not going to say, well done, thou good and faithful teacher. He's not going to say, well done, thou good and faithful husband or wife, uh, parent, uh, uh, farmer, whatever it is. He's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. At the end of the, at the, end of the line, at the end of the road, he's going to want to know, did you serve me in what I called you to do? Or did you serve yourself? We want to be servants of God. Amen. It says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. That means get up. Let's go. Let's move on to the next thing. Therefore, which is a, a, another word for because. Because he's dead, move on. See, sometimes we do, because it's dead, I'm done. And he says, because it's dead, move on to the next thing. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. Now, see, this is something that trips us up sometimes because sometimes we move into the next phase or the next level or the next season, whatever you want to call it, that God moves us in, and we forget what he said before. But what we have to recognize is that there's really nothing new that God is doing. 
It might be new for us. It might be a new season or a new direction. But at the end of the day, God is still moving in the same purpose that he had from the very beginning. And you and I are pieces to the overall puzzle, to the big picture. And so when he's moving us along these things, it's very important to remember that the season we're going into is very much connected to the season that we're in now because the season that you're in now was connected to the season you came out of before. Everything's connected. I heard a a pastor recently at another thing that I was at. He was talking about this. Um, and, and, and he said one of the things that he said, he's an older pastor, probably in his 60s. And uh, he said one of the things that I've seen been taking place amongst young pastors and, and church leaders is that they're, they're starting the work that they're doing with no foundation. They're not remembering where they came from. And they're not pulling on the voices that are in front of them. It, it, it's, it's a dangerous thing when a 30-year-old pastor can no longer listen to a 50-year-old pastor because they sing songs that I don't know and, 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 and they do things the old way and their carpet is pink and green and they have pews rather than theater chairs and, and uh, you know, they don't have a coffee shop in their church and, and, and they sing old hymns and, and we are singing the new stuff. But it's dangerous to forget where you came from. It's dangerous to forget. And and here's the thing. The generation that went before you passed something on to you. But if we don't honor what was passed on to us, I will promise you, we will not pass something on to the next generation. This church isn't just here for those that are in this room. If anything, I'm here more for the ones that are in that room. Because they are the ones that are going to replace these seats one day. I'm more concerned about the foundation we're putting in them right now. We just had a a Treasure Island staff meeting on Monday. And any opportunity that I have to communicate value for our children's ministry and for our children and for those that are teaching our children, I'm going to take it. I'll take it every single time. Because that right there is laying a foundation that, honestly, guys, some of us didn't even get. Some of us aren't, aren't, didn't even get the foundation that they're getting over there. And I don't care if you're in this room and you're 18 or you're 82. It, it, it doesn't matter what generation we fall into. There's the need for foundation. There's the need to draw on something that's been passed on to us. And if you devalue what's passed on to you, you'll devalue the opportunity to pass on to others. And so here, God is continuing to connect Joshua with Moses. In fact, he says this, I'm not even telling you anything I haven't already told you. How many times do we want a new word from God? God, give me a new thing. Give me a new direction. And we get tired of hearing the same old thing. But he tells him right here, I'm telling you just as I told Moses. Maybe it's not God that we need to change. Maybe it's us that needs to change. Maybe as we enter seasons, we need to recognize that I've got to come into alignment. You don't need God to change. You need to change. We need to change. 
know, for me as a pastor, engaging the pulse of our church and knowing the seasons that we're in, especially when we're entering into the one that we're currently in now, this, this stretch season. We're being stretched. I've got to recognize that God's not really telling me anything different. I'm the one that's got to change. So, so, you know, sometimes I think that we go into these new seasons and we're looking for God to do something different. And he's saying, no, I'm looking for you to do something different. I'm looking for you to think different. I'm looking for you to respond different. I'm looking for you to receive different. Amen. And so he says right here, very simply, uh, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. Those are key words. From the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. He's reminding you. You know, sometimes it's good to be reminded of things. Peter and Paul would say that. I want to keep you in remembrance of we gotta, we got to stay in remembrance of things. we got to remember things. And so he's just reminding them, this is your territory. This belongs to you. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Watch this. And as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Just the same way he saw you through this season is the same way he's going to see you through the next. The same way he proved himself faithful in this season is the same. It might be bigger mountains. It might be more work. There might be bigger enemies. I'll tell you right now, they're getting ready to cross over. It's exciting taking a promised land, but in the wilderness, everything took place by miracle. Over on the other side of the Jordan, everything is going to take place by work. They didn't have to walk around any cities in the wilderness. They could, they could hit rocks. Or wake up in the morning and find manna on the ground. Or, you know, just wave the staff in the air in the Red Sea part. But now we're getting on the other side of this thing. And it's going to take a little more work. You're actually going to have to fight. You're going to have to have to pull your sword out. It's going to be a little bit different. But just as I was with you then, I'll be with you here. See, it might look different. But it's not different. It's the same God. The same God, the same God that put manna on the ground with no work involved is the same God that brought the walls down when it required them to walk around the city seven days. Same God. Same God. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. And he has to say this because it might seem like he has. I, you know, we had it a little easier in the wilderness. And in the wilderness we were saying, we had it a little easier in Egypt. Right? It, we, we always reminisce and wish we could be where God's called us out of. It's, it, it's a natural tendency. You know, I mean, we could be running 200 people, and, I, and I'll be in my office saying, you know, it was easier when we had 100. <laughs> I have, you know, five people hired on, full-time staff, 
You know, it was easier when it was just me. When I was doing everything and I knew how it was going to. Oh, but we can do this. You get that, you get that uh, promotion at work that you've been believing for. I mean, you've been crying out to God day and night. God, if I could just, if, if I would just get this promotion, it would be more money. I could give you more money. I could be a greater influence. And then you get the promotion. You're like, you know, it was easier when I was just the assistant manager. This was easier when I could just punch the clock and get in and get out. Now I've got to take this stuff home with me. You know, it was easier when I was in school. Now I've graduated. Now I've got to put into practice everything I learned. Right? Don't we do that? We all do that. We all do that. You're thinking, you know, you're surrounded by family. Man, if I could just get away from my family, man, I could just let me be, let me do my thing. And then you get out on your own. It's like, man, you know, I wish I had some grandparents to come watch some kids right now. Sure wish I had somebody to spend Thanksgiving and Christmas with. You know, we, we always go back. It's always better where we came from. But God is saying, I'm not going to leave you, and I'm not going to forsake you. What's he doing? He's reminding them, it's better to be in my will than your will. Because your will wanted to be in Egypt. Your will wanted to be in the wilderness. Your will wanted it to be easy. Your will said, I just wake up in the morning and eat biscuits and Whatever, honey, I think it was, honey, and, and I just scraped that stuff. Why, do I, why should I have to go and fight and, and, and try to get my own stuff? I mean, God was providing for me. And God is merciful and God is gracious. And, man, he'll, he'll make things show up in your life that you had nothing to do with. But then there's going to come a day where you're going to have to put in some work. But he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then he says these words. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Now, inheritance. Inheritance is simply something that is passed on. You're going to give this land as an inheritance. I want you to know that What you're believing for in the next season, God has already laid it up for you now. It's an inheritance. This word in the Hebrew, it means this, to occupy, to take as a heritage, and to possess. To occupy, to take as a heritage, and to possess. Guys, we already have what we need to accomplish what God's calling us to do. He's telling them before. They haven't, in fact, he hasn't even told the Israelites. He's speaking to Joshua here. Joshua still has to turn around and give this word to the Israelites. And he's letting them know ahead of time, I've already given you the land. Be strong and of good courage because you already have what it takes to possess what I've given you. Now, there's still the act of possessing that needs to take place. I mean, you know, you could have an inheritance that you know nothing about, and it's no good to you. I mean, wouldn't that be disappointing to find out that you had some rich great-uncle somewhere 
that left you a million dollars, and here you are scraping it, trying to make it by, and you're trying to figure it all out, and you've got a million dollars in a bank account somewhere just waiting for, with your name on it, and nobody else can touch it but you. This, that's, what, that's what this inheritance is. He's letting them know, I've already given you something that's going to get you into the next season. It's already yours. But be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law, which, again, here it is, Moses, my servant, commanded you. You're going to have to listen to the commands in the season you're in now if you're going to make it in the season that's coming. God has given some of you words now that you need to get you through the next season. You might even know what those are. It is probably a word that didn't make any sense right now. It's probably a word that, that you know, didn't, wasn't real rel- relevant for right now. We, we received a word for the church. We, we received a word for this church uh, just um, this past year at our Full Force Kingdom Conference. And those words, I look over them every now and then and look at them, and not real relevant right now. But I know that it's an inheritance that's going to get us through the next season that God is calling us to. Amen? So we've got to listen to commands that we're receiving today. Um, Be strong, very courageous. You may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. See, the next season that God has for you isn't a level, uh, it's not a season where he wants you hurting, where he wants you down, where he wants to take stuff away. He wants you to prosper in every season that's ahead of you. Prosperity ought to be continual. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. Have I not have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. Wherever you go. If, if I could get you to walk away with anything tonight, it's to understand the fact that wherever God takes you, he's there with you. But the Lord stood with me. And strengthen me. I don't know what seasons are coming up. I don't know what seasons you're in. I don't know if you're at the end of one going into the next. I don't know if you just got started in the one that you're in. But whatever the season, whatever the direction, whatever uh, uh, purpose that God has for your life, know this, that wherever you go, he goes. Hold true to the word. Don't abandon the word. You know, sometimes we get into seasons and we begin to rely on the season rather than rely on the God that got us the season. You enter a season uh, uh, with, with, with a new job or a new career, and now we begin to rely on the career rather than relying on the God that got us the career. That new season was designed for you to remember that God is with you 
wherever you go. His purpose is true all the way through to the end. And we've got to stay true to his word. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Why does he keep reminding you that? Because there's going to be something up ahead that's going to make you fearful. There's something coming up ahead that's going to make you feel weak. It's going to make you feel insecure. It's going to uh, make you feel like you don't have what it takes. There's something coming that's going to attack you and attack the purpose for what you're called to do and attack the season that you're in. And you'll have the conversations and you'll have the opportunities to say, man, it was better back here. I had it better here. But don't allow the enemy to talk you out of where God's called you to be. Amen? Let's not let the enemy talk us out of where God wants to take us. Father, we thank you tonight as we look in your word, as we understand that there are transitions, there are movements, there are times that are coming in our lives that are new, new opportunities, new demonstrations. And we know that you want to do new things in our life, Father. But may, may we not forget that you are the same God. You're the same God. You're the same God in this season. You'll be the same God in the next season. You're the same God. You've given us the same purpose to reveal your kingdom to this earth. Father, may we keep our strength. May we remain courageous in whatever season we're in. May we not forget that you have called us to a divine destiny, a great purpose. And Father, at the end of it all, we want to give you the glory. We want to give you the praise. We want to give you the honor. May we we remember the words that you've given us to get us through the next season. May we remind ourselves that everything we need in the next season, you've already placed in our possession. You've equipped us for everything that could come against us. Father, we'll look back only to see your faithfulness. We'll look back to only be reminded that you've got us through every stage, every level, every season. And the same God that got us through that one will get us through the next one. Father, we worship you and we thank you tonight for this word in Jesus' name. Amen.